Welcome to Round the Cauldron. My name is Megan, and I'm here to shed light on Wicca from a modern perspective. This podcast is produced every Monday, sometimes educational, sometimes philosophical, and always honest. So grab some coffee, pull up a seat, and join me Round the Cauldron. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me for episode 24 of Round the Cauldron. If this is your first time listening, I'm glad you're here. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Show notes and links for each episode can be found at roundthecauldron.com. Come back often and feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to help other witchy people find me. You can also help support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron. There, you can get sneak peeks of new products, exclusive content, and a coupon code for use in my shop once a month depending on your tier. This week's episode is sponsored by me. I'm sponsoring this week's episode because it's my show and I can. <laughs> so for all my podcast listeners out there, head on over to roundthecauldron.com shop and use the code PC15, that's PC15, to get 15% off your order. This will be good for the rest of July, so if you forget, don't worry, I'll remind you next week. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, send me an email at roundthecauldron at gmail.com and let's chat. This week, we're going to talk about candle magic. It's one of the most simple and effective forms of spell work there is. We'll talk a bit about the history of candles and spell work, different types of candles and colors, and how to use them in your magic. This is going to be a very candle magic 101 episode. But even if you've been practicing for a while, there might still be some good information for you here too. So why do we use candles in spell work? Honestly, there's probably a few reasons. I won't be able to go into all of them, uh, mainly because there isn't really a historical fact that I can accurately point to. So all of this historical use for candles and magic is purely speculative on my part. So historically, as far as I'm aware, Candles and fire have been used in magic for a very long time. I attribute this to the fact that magic and spell work were being done before the discovery of electricity and having light bulbs and a way to light your home in the modern age. Fire and candles and torches were what we as the species had available for light. You know, it was it was also something that was seen as sacred depending on how far back in history you go. Fire has the power to create and destroy, to bring light and change to the world around it. It can also be seen as an offering to the gods, just like we would give food, libations, and incense smoke. Fire is also a powerful element in and of itself. With the power to create and destroy, and being connected to our emotions and the heat of passion and anger, it's no wonder candles and fire have been used in spells. I mean, candles were fairly easy to come by, as far as I know, and if anyone is good at making use of what they have, it's the witches. There's also the added aspect of making your own candles to personalize them and imbue them with your own energy. And candles are fairly simple to make, so that's an added bonus of candle magic. There are a lot of different factors that you can take into consideration when doing candle magic. These are things like the color of the candle, the scent, the shape, and even the style it burns and what it's made of. 
these correspondences are going to be personal, in my opinion. I mean, if you Google color correspondences for magic, you're going to get a list of colors that have certain meanings. A lot of these meanings are commonplace throughout Wicca and witchcraft, but I have a different opinion. Although these correspondences might be commonplace in most traditions within Wicca and most neo-Wiccan practicers who practice on their own, they're not going to be the same for everyone. So yeah, red might be a color of anger and fury for most, but if psychologically red triggers a different emotion for you, then it isn't going to be a color that you use to represent anger. I think you have to take your own emotions into account when using correspondences for magic too, because magic and spell work is about your intent, first and foremost, your emotions that go along with it, and then the correspondences and the ingredients that you use. So think about it. You know, you're doing a spell to help you sleep, and you use a blue color that's supposed to be calming, but blue reminds you of the time that you ate blueberries and found out that you're highly allergic and you won't and you went into anaphylactic shock that's not going to be very calming and relaxing and it's probably not going to help you sleep if if the color blue triggers a painful memory for you or a trauma that's you know that's definitely not helpful just because there are flow charts and correspondence tables out there in the world that say one color represents one thing that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to follow along with that if it doesn't resonate with you. And especially if it's something that makes you uncomfortable or has the opposite effect on you personally. So let's go over some of the common color correspondences and you can decide if they match up with what you feel. I'll also give insight into how they make me feel and if I think that these color correspondences resonate with my own personal practice. Now these color correspondences are taken directly from wicca.com and I'll link to that in the show notes. The colors that they have listed on their website are white, black, brown, silver, purple, blue, green, pink, red, orange, copper, gold, and yellow. And I'll go over, I'll, I'll say their meanings first and then I will give a little bit of insight into how they affect me and whether or not I agree with them. And while I'm doing this, go ahead and listen to the correspondences that they have for the colors and see how they resonate for you and if you agree with them too. For the color white, the correspondences that they list are the goddess, the higher self, purity, peace, virginity, and a substitute for any other color. Oh, and I need to say this too, they don't really, they don't give a reason for why these colors correspond with these ideas or aspects. And I find that to be problematic. Um, because if I'm working with a specific color for a specific reason, I'm going to want to know why. And most correspondence tables out there don't give you that reason. So for white, white has traditionally been a color that corresponds with the goddess, but this is going to depend on the goddess that you worship, if you worship a specific goddess within a specific pantheon, or if you go with the duotheistic version of Wicca and worship the goddess as just the goddess with no specific name. Um, purity and virginity, those 
those correspondent correspondences just make me shudder um i have my own opinion about virginity and i don't think that should be included on a list for color correspondences um, i associate white with protection and that's just a personal preference for me i suppose anytime i'm doing any protection work the energy that i'm using and visualizing is always white and it has been traditionally known that white is a good substitute color and a stand-in color if you don't have any other colors available to you and it reminds me of quartz crystal um, how people say that clear quartz is a good stand-in crystal for any other crystal that you don't have available to you and I'm not sure if it's due to the energy of the color, um, the certain vibration that it holds, or if it stems from the idea that white represents purity. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't agree with that. The next color on their list is black. According to them, black corresponds with binding, shape-shifting, protection, and repelling negativity. And I think it's interesting that they have it listed here that black repels negativity. Because I see a lot of the, um, the idea of white magic versus black magic. But here, the color correspondence for black is actually repelling negativity. And I think maybe that's due to black being seen as a barrier. However, I'm not sure. I do, I do associate the color black with the correspondence for binding and um, repelling any sort of energy. I'm not sure about the shape-shifting one. I think that would require a little bit more introspection on what I believe shape-shifting to be because I am a science-based person and I don't think that the human body can physically take the shape of something else. And as far as protection goes, uh, like I said earlier, for the color white, I view white as a protective color, not black. The next color that they list is brown, and they say the correspondences for brown are special favors and influence friendships. I don't understand this color at all. Um, I, I don't get why special favors and an influence over friendships would be associated with brown. I associate brown with strength. Um, due to brown reminding me of earth, not like trees and flowers and plants, but solid earth, solid rock, and the strength and the immovability that comes with that. Now for silver, they say that the correspondences for silver are the goddess, astral energy, female energy, telepathy, clairvoyance, intuition, and dreams. Let me just say that I don't like female energy in there as a correspondence. I don't. Female energy, feminine energy, I don't, I don't like to gender things that can't ascribe a gender to themselves. A color is not gendered, it's a color. <sighs> anyway, um, I do see how silver would correspond with the goddess in traditional Wicca, um, because of the moon and the color associated with the moon and in this case based on their correspondences being 
being corresponded with um, female energy, that would be where silver comes in um, corresponding with the goddess. As far as the others go, astral energy and telepathy, clairvoyance, intuition, and dreams, I don't 100% understand where they're getting those from. Uh, maybe, I don't know, it reminds me of finding the silver lining in certain situations, but that doesn't really have anything to do with telepathy and clairvoyance. Next on their list is the color purple, and they write that purple corresponds with the third eye, psychic ability, hidden knowledge, influence people in high places, and spiritual power. Now, it's funny to me that purple corresponds with psychic ability, but silver corresponds specifically with telepathy, clairvoyance, and intuition. I... I put those things together. Those are psychic abilities. Well, not necessarily intuition, um, but telepathy and clairvoyance are psychic abilities. So why are those specifically corresponded with silver? Um, I understand purple um, corresponding with influence people in high places. To me, purple is a very regal color. Um, it is a color that reminds me of royalty. So purple in this case for me would correspond with people in higher places that have a lot of influence. And maybe purple corresponds with the third eye. I'm not 100% up on my chakras, um, but I think the third eye's color is typically purple. Hold on, let me Google that really quick because I'm probably wrong. Yes, I'm right. <laughs> The third eye chakra is typically purple, so that's where that correspondence comes from. Other than that, I, I see it as a very powerful color when working with influencing people in higher positions or working with people who have influence over a large body of people or things. Next up on their list is the color blue. Blue for them corresponds with the element of water and the ideas of wisdom, protection, calm, good fortune, opening blocked communication, and spiritual inspiration. I do agree with it corresponding with the element of water um, because when you look at a large body of water, typically it's blue. Uh, so that's a very obvious color correspondence, I would say. Um, I don't agree with protection and good fortune. That one doesn't make sense to me. I do see how it would correspond with opening blocked communication because that's going to go back to the throat chakra and the throat, the throat chakra is typically blue. So that would make sense if you work with chakras. Um, blue is psychologically a very calming color so I understand that. And I'm not sure about the spiritual inspiration. So for me, I, I mostly agree with all of these. Blue is a very calming color for me. Um, last time we went and got our nails done, I got a pedicure and I was feeling sort of bleh about it all. And my toenails are actually blue right now. But I think 
especially for the color blue, it can go a bit deeper depending on the shade of blue. So going back to the opening blocked communication and dealing with the throat chakra, a deeper color blue for me corresponds with things that are held deeply in your heart that you might be afraid to say. And so you can see with different colors and different shades, they have different levels, I want to say, that they go through. Next color on their list is green. Green for them corresponds with the element of earth, physical healing, monetary success, Mother Earth, tree and plant magic, growth, and personal goals. Most of these make sense to me. Um, I'll tell you why. Obviously, the element of earth would be represented by green due to nature and most plants having something to do with the color green. Physical healing... I'm not sure why green corresponds with physical healing. I don't agree with that. I see green more as a color of monetary success like they have listed here. Um, because when thinking about monetary success, you're thinking about money. Money is typically green. Then you have the obvious tree and plant magic and growth. Tree and plant magic because most plants are green or have some green in them. And then growth attributed... I. If I could speak, growth corresponds with the color green because of the physical growth that takes place during blossoming and budding of flowers and plants. And it it's a representation of physical growth, spiritual growth, mental growth, just growth in general. Up next is pink. For them, pink corresponds with affection, romance, caring, nurturing, and planetary goodwill. I have no idea what planetary goodwill means to them, um, but the other correspondences that they have listed here make sense for me. I see pink as a real affectionate color. Um, not necessarily romance. I see it more as um, the affection and love that you might have for someone that you don't have a romantic relationship. So this would be um, friendships, children, parents, family, pets, those sort of things. For red, red according to wicca.com corresponds with the element of fire, passion, strength, fast action, career goals, lust, driving force, survival, and blood of the moon. And that's another one that I don't really know much about, and I don't know why they would include it here without an explanation. Blood of the moon. That's not something that's very familiar to me. Maybe I'm just a bad witch and I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but the other things here make sense. Red corresponds with fire, um, passion and strength, lust. Red is where I would put romance. Um, however, they do leave some things out for red, and I, it probably has to do with the fact that Wicca is a very love and light religion, so another one that I would include in red is anger and fury, because they belong there. They're valid emotions, and they are valid correspondences with that specific color. Up next is orange. For them, orange corresponds with general success, 
property deals, legal matters, justice, and selling. I don't think I have an opinion on the color orange in their correspondences because I don't like the color orange, so I've never really thought much about it. I feel like maybe orange would be best corresponded with warmth and abrasiveness. No, not abrasiveness. Um, yeah, the only thing that I have to say for orange is warmth. Orange reminds me of the warmth of the sun. Up next is copper. For them, copper corresponds with professional growth, business, fertility, career maneuvers, passion, and money goals. I disagree with most of these. Passion belongs to red in my practice. Money goals would either belong to green or gold for me. Um, I see copper more as a conductor, um, opening lines of communication and making way for specific kinds of growth that involve a lot of communication back and forth between more than one person. Um, and I have no idea what copper has to do with fertility. Next is gold. According to Wicca.com, gold corresponds with the god, promoting winning, power of the male, and happiness. It's funny to me that gold is the only color on their list that corresponds with the god. Now, maybe it has to do with the god being seen as, rep uh, as the god being represented by the sun. The sun is a goldish color. Um, other than that, I don't know, other than the fact that they have added the correspondence of the power of the male with gold, which, again, I disagree with, going back to the color silver and the female energy. Colors are not gendered in my practice, and I disagree with that idea altogether. The last one on their list is yellow. According to them, yellow corresponds with the element of air, intelligence, the sun, memory, logical imagination, to accelerate learning, and to break mental blocks. I agree with the correspondence being of air, and intelligence and memory go along with air because of what air represents. The sun, obviously, is yellow too, um, but I don't understand the accelerating learning and breaking mental blocks part of the correspondences for yellow. Maybe the breaking mental blocks goes along with the element of air and the intelligence, but I'm not entirely convinced. So, you know, you can see that some of these probably don't make sense for you, just like they don't make sense for me. And if this is your first time really going over um, color correspondences, I would advise you to really dig deep into them before you start using them and committing some of these two very specific correspondences. Know what works for you and what doesn't. And also know that just because it doesn't work for you doesn't mean it that doesn't mean that's a bad thing. So how do you use candles for casting spells? It's fairly easy and I'm going to give you an example. And if you're new to magic and casting spells with candles, you've probably never thought about this. So uh, imagine this. Go with me here for a minute. 
You light a candle, you sing a little song, you close your eyes and make a wish, then you blow out the candle. Does that sound familiar? Because it should if you've ever celebrated a birthday with birthday cake and candles. Candle magic can be as simple or as elaborate as you make it. You can make a wish and blow out the candle, you can burn a sigil or pop it, you can give offerings to your deities, whatever you decide, it can probably be done. There are other things that you can take into account when doing candle magic as well, because candles come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. They make candles in the shape of animals, squares, hearts, seashells. Um, I know candles come in the shape of people, and there are even candles out there in the shape of different genitalia. So depending on your intention and the reason for your spell, you can incorporate those correspondences as well into your magic to give it a little bit of an extra boost. The same thing can be said about different scents in candles. I personally don't like to use scented candles in my candle magic. Um, a lot of that has to do with the fact that out of the five of us here that live in my home, most of us have allergies to artificial fragrances or really strong scents. So scented candles are sometimes thrown out the window for me. Uh, it's another reason why I don't burn incense in the house because I don't want to give any, anyone a, an allergy attack. <laughs> but if you are capable of using scented candles in your home, think about, think about picking candles that have a scent that correspond with what you're doing. Now I don't have a correspondence list for different smells associated with candles. With this, I would typically go with my gut and what feels right. You know, don't burn, don't burn a candle that is supposed to be relaxing for you, but the scent doesn't relax you at all. That's, that's counterproductive to what you're trying to do. I also need to say that if you are a minor or you are in the care of someone else, please be respectful of their wishes in regards to candles and different scents and safety. I know as, as a little baby witch in my early teen years, I was not allowed to burn candles in my room unsupervised. And it sucked, you know, I'm not going to lie. I thought that I was mature enough to handle it. But I did need to respect the wishes of my parents and not have an open flame in my room and not tell anybody about it. So please take that. Um, Keep that in mind as well. And on that note, fire safety is an important thing to keep in mind when you're working with candles. It is still fire, even though you might be burning just a teeny tiny little candle, it is still fire. So don't, don't burn a candle without having a fire extinguisher or um, a glass or cup or bowl or bucket of water, whatever best fits your needs. The last thing I want you to be doing is performing a spell with candle magic and accidentally catching your house on fire. Okay, please don't do that. And, and also you need to keep in mind if you're burning things, not just a candle, but if you're burning um, paper or sigils or poppets or satchels, Please keep in mind that you should have a fire safe container to place those in um, and 
make sure that what you're burning is not going to give off toxic fumes that make you sick. I know burning some herbs can do that. So keep that in mind as well and do your research before burning anything with your candle. So as you can see, candle magic is one of the easiest forms of spell work to start out with because it doesn't require a lot of ingredients or tools. Um, it's also something that can be completely customized to fit your needs. Tall pillar candles can be carved with symbols. Um, candles can be dressed with oils and flowers and herbs and spices and all things nice and whatever you need it for. You know, there's so much that you can do with a simple candle and it's oftentimes overlooked by even those of us who are more seasoned in witchcraft. So grab some candles and make some wishes. Until next time, everyone. Bye! Please consider supporting this podcast at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron, where you can get patron-only perks. Also, don't forget to head over to roundthecauldron.com for show notes, links, articles, and more.